Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Head on over to the website, TravelingCulturati.com, and make sure... You join the travel club so that you can go to some fantastic places with us. We have some wonderful trips coming up for 2024. We're going to be going to Japan in May of 24, going to Peru in August, and we have some other wonderful things, some shorter domestic trips, black history tours of the United States that we're going to publish quite soon. And then we're already planning for 2025. So you want to make sure that you are going to be a part of that. Well, it's that time of year again. Yes, Thanksgiving is over. And now let the Christmas shopping begin. (laughs) It seems to get earlier and earlier each year, but the festivities are upon us. Yes, every traveler loves to receive the gift of travel, whether it's travel itself or something that helps them in their travels to navigate their travels. We love little gadgets and things to make things a lot easier. So today I've curated a list of ideas for the person in your life who travels and executive producer Jean Harley is going to join me a little bit later with that curated list. We'll also have Javon's Travel Minute and the Culture Report. We always start with travel news and I've got some for you. Airlines. You know, over the weeks or months preceding this show, I've talked about frequent flyer program changes with the airlines. Well, people are getting very frustrated about it. Yes, travelers aren't so happy about it. There are two analysts, Jay Zagorski, Clinical Associate Professor of Markets, Public Policy and Law at Boston University, and H. Sami Karakcha, Professor of Business Analytics, Boston University, and they've put together some ideas and reasons why airlines are changing these programs, why people are frustrated, and what we can possibly expect for the years to come. And Especially people start looking as this holiday season is upon us because people are looking at their frequent flyer miles and self-included to see how they can benefit us, how we can use the miles that we've earned and what's available to us. So these business school professors who study rewards programs have really looked into this, especially since, you know, one of the bigger changes with Delta Airlines came into effect with it being revamped. And... They had such a negative backlash about this that Delta immediately came out and said, hey, we're going to reconsider some of these things and look at these changes again because it was just looking like I'll never accumulate anything to fly. So what's the point in doing it? So based on their perspective, these two business school professors, their concept is that people think flying is a miserable experience and having status sometimes makes that flight better. And I can attest to some of those creature comforts or those upgrades and things like that that you'll get. So it's only fair that frequent flyers are asking why is it seemingly harder to obtain such status. So why miles are a multi-billion dollar business? One big idea to understand is that airlines don't earn very much money, if any at all, from ticket sales. 
you know, tickets have gotten a lot less expensive than they used to be many moons ago. And this is mainly due to the highly competitive and capital incentive structure of the airline industry. And they often reduce profit margins to stay competitive. So instead they make their profits from those ancillary fees. Remember ancillary fees became a thing when they started charging for bags. Yes, that is profitable for them. Ticket change fees and now frequent flyer mile programs. So do experts have something to add to the public debate? Well, many airlines, there are two ways to earn status. One is to fly and the other is to spend a lot of money using a rewards credit card. And that takes some effort. Frequent flyer programs coupled with reward credit cards are very profitable for airlines. For example, Delta airline in question, their latest annual report shows last year that the company earned $5.7 billion from selling credit card miles. And given Delta only made $3.6 billion in profits, this frequent flyer program clearly does give a boost to the bottom line. So designing the optimal rewards program, there are different types of businesses, not just airlines that offer reward programs. From a company's perspective, a well-designed loyalty program should cost little or nothing to the consumer, which gives the customers great value and prevent them from using a competitor. That's the key component there. Frequent flyer programs will fit this bill, of course, giving some passengers the ability to board early, access to lounge for the airlines, and that costs almost nothing. But many customers certainly want that access to the lounge. I know I do. Plus the chase for status or free flights will lock people into using one airline. So much of the appeal of status programs comes from their exclusivity. This leaves the airline with a little bit of a problem though. Where are they going to set that bar? A low bar means nearly everyone gains status, but customers get no value being allowed to board first if almost everyone on the plane can board first too. And airport lounges aren't a haven when travelers can't find empty seats. You know, just had that experience. At the same time, setting the bar too high results in empty lounges and unhappy customers because you're not really seeing your rewards. You're not experiencing them. So striking that right balance is really tough since the number of flyers is constantly changing because of economic conditions. So Delta CEO discusses the backlash to recent loyalty program changes on Bloomberg television on October 25. And for example, at the height of the COVID pandemic, he mentioned that few people flew. So airlines made it easy to earn or keep status. But today with the economy doing much better back to pre-pandemic levels and flying is back, airlines are making it much tougher. Many airlines are switching from frequent flyer status models based on miles traveled to one that is based on dollars spent. So this move really aligns with the main design principle of the program, right? And a different way to earn money other than just buying or selling airline tickets. So the benefits a company gives to the consumer must mirror the value it gets from them. So you see, this all makes a lot of sense. So who pays for all of those rewards anyway? Rewards programs are very profitable for airlines and the credit card partners, but for the cardholders, the value proposition is less clear. 
These cards promise free rewards, but don't actually deliver anything for free. So for example, most of these cards come with an annual fee. That annual fee can vary anywhere from $100 a year to $600 or better, depending on the card for lounge access. So you really have to say, how much am I actually going to use this? Is this going to really benefit me? Also consider that if you're not paying off your balance each month, you're paying not only that fee, but you're paying interest on your purchases that you've made. And this is what the credit card companies really rely on, right? They really hope that you're not paying that off every month and that they're earning interest on your purchases. However, if you are a person who has a credit card, you travel frequently, the benefits that you get will pay back or balance out that annual fee, considering that you don't keep a card balance month over month and you're not paying interest. So that's where it will vary based on the person. So card companies also charge merchants anywhere from 2.5% and better every time a customer swipes that reward card. So the credit card companies win, the airlines win, but these fees, you have to ask, what do they mean for a typical flyer? So that's what I was explaining about people who pay those cards off. People who travel frequently can really benefit from it. So the general advice is that if you're going to use a reward card, choose a card that gives you cash back not one that gives airline miles only. Good old cash is far more useful than miles. Miles can be devalued by an airline at any moment, as we saw with the changes recently from Delta Airlines. Plus, even the most elite status doesn't help much when your plane is delayed, and that's happening more and more these days. So yeah, just kind of think cautiously. And when you're looking at these rewards cards, consider how broadly it is and not just about the airline miles, but maybe that cash back as well. Thanksgiving has passed, but what comes after Black Friday is Travel Tuesday. So what is Travel Tuesday? It's the best time to buy flights after Black Friday. And here's how you can get the best deals on Travel Tuesday, according to the PA Wire. Hopper predicts that several airlines will advertise discounted flights in 2023, including Aer Lingus, Air New Zealand, Fiji Airways, French B and Singapore Airlines. And the best time to get those deals are going to be on Travel Tuesday, November 28th, the Tuesday following Thanksgiving. And it's not just airlines. Hotels will offer discounts as well. And more and more deals abound. For example, Lyft the rideshare company has announced that it will pay you if you are late to the airport during the holidays. So yes, if you're using Lyft to the airport for the holidays, they will pay you if they cause you to be late. And even if you have to take a taxi or Uber even, they'll pay you. So this is pretty much how it works. It's really to take, as they say, the stress out of the holiday. So this is why Lyft is compensating customers who arrive to the airport late. Scheduled rides to the airport in major markets will be covered by the company's what they call on-time pickup promise. Lyft recently announced, yes, the offer in effect now through Sunday, January 7th. So it's going to encompass all of your holiday travels between now and the new year. Ah, can't believe we're saying the new year. 
So if you're not picked up on time for a scheduled ride to the airport, then the company will automatically offer credit to help compensate for that delay. Lyft's CEO, David Risher, said in a statement that every minute counts when you're on your way to the airport. We're so confident that we can get you there on time that if we're more than 10 minutes late for your scheduled pickup, we will give you up to $100 in Lyft credits to make up for it, even if you take a taxi or an Uber. So here's what you should know. And how does this on-time pickup promise work? This is what you get. $20 in Lyft credit if your driver is more than 10 minutes late. $50 in Lyft credit if you're not matched with a driver 10 minutes after your scheduled pickup time. And if you end up using another service to get to the airport, you'll get up to $50 more with a limit of $100. All you need to have is to tap help in the Lyft app and submit the receipt. Riders can book a trip with Lyft up to 30 days in advance to set their preferred pickup time and lock in the price of the ride, according to Lyft. So peace of mind, Lyft's new feature allows women, non-binary riders and drivers to match up in the app. The markets that Lyft will offer on-time pickup promise will include Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, Denver, Houston, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Miami, Orange County, Orlando, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Portland, Salt Lake City, San Diego, San Francisco Bay Area, and Washington, D.C. Well, that's all I've got for travel news. And when I come back, executive producer Gene Harley is going to join me with our curated list of gifts for the traveler in your life. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you head on over to the website, TravelingCulturati.com. Follow us on social media and don't forget to join the Travel Club. You know what? I love this time of year. I know I've said before, fall is my favorite season, but this is my favorite time of the year. And I don't think it matters what you really celebrate or how you view the holiday. It really is a time where people come together. It's very festive. I know I like going out with my friends and family, celebrating, toasting, cheering, all of those things. And part of that is gift giving. Yes, I like doing that too. I like giving and I like receiving (laughs) as well. But yes, Thanksgiving is over and now we are in the Christmas shopping season. It's a fun time. Can be fun. Don't make it stressful. Please don't make it stressful. Keep it fun, folks. Every traveler loves to receive the gift of travel. Now, whether it's going to be travel itself or something that helps them in their travels. As a seasoned traveler myself, I can tell you that functional gifts for me are the best gifts. And it doesn't matter whether they're $5 or $100 or more. If it's functional and I can use it, I love it. So kind of think in those terms. Jean Harley, executive producer, has joined me and we've curated a list of ideas 
for the traveler in your life. Hello, Jean, and welcome back. Thank you. It's Great been a while. Be yes, it has. And we've been traveling a lot, haven't we? Uh, I don't never say too much, but we've been traveling <laughs> a lot. People say, you guys travel too much. There's no such thing when it comes to, it's like, is there too much happiness? No, we love to travel. Not too much, but a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you do need to settle yourself, plant your feet somewhere for a minute or two. But travel is our business and travel is, you know, it's what we do. We'll be grounded through the holidays. Let's put it that way. Sort of, kind of. Mm-hmm. We're going home for domestic, the holidays. Domestic. For us, that's grounded. We're only going to fly less than six hours. Yes. So now let me ask you that when receiving a gift and because we travel a lot, we're on the road at least two thirds of the year. But as a seasoned or frequent traveler, someone gives you a travel gift. What are you kind of looking for? How do you really feel about that? Well, I think a gift related to travel is a great thing to get. One of the nicest gifts I got earlier this year were travel headphones from my brother. And you don't think about it a lot, but those silencer headphones <laughs> are a great thing to have. And I use them more for travel than I do domestically for sitting at home. Yeah. And what I know of your brother and what I know of you, I will tell you folks that Gene is very frugal and I know his brother is not so frugal and he probably got him a very good nice set of headphones. And I don't even want to price them because I won't wear them. Yeah, I'll well, be afraid. Well, well, the thing is, is that sometimes that's the kind of gift that you give someone who travels a lot, especially somebody who's frugal, something that they wouldn't spend the money for on themselves that's and right. a nice quality set of headphones. It's certainly on our list. Noise canceling certainly helps. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's not just to cancel out children or babies. You know, they actually don't bother me as much as just noise and chatter and helping me watch my movies or listen to my music. The best part about headphones is when you put them on, when you get on the plane, it tells the person next to you, I don't want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, they wear sometimes... them. I wear them all the time. <laughs> Even when I'm not listening to anything, I just put them on. I put them on, bop your head. <laughs> Yeah, but a lot of times that person, they keep looking at you and you know they want that conversation and you just kind of pretend that you don't see them. But with those headphones on, that is kind of a deterrent. The bigger the headphones, the better. Yes. But you know, this travel list is important because everyone enjoys travel, no matter if they get to travel a lot or a little. And some of these things we're talking about can be some great gifts, especially for that frequent traveler like myself and like you, who sometimes don't think about those things for themselves. Absolutely true. And for those who may not travel all the time internationally, there's Mm -hmm. some great cultural gift ideas, one of which I think is a museum pass. That's right. Museums are great cultural gifts to give. And a lot of times you can really experience travel through a museum. So whether you're going to be in your city in another city. It's just a great thing to have. And now with so many great museums open around the world that you can have membership and a gift membership too, from the National Museum of African American History and Culture in Washington, D.C. to the International African American Museum in Charleston, or what we call the Lynching Museum in Mississippi. It might give you the inspiration to travel to some of these destinations if you get that gift or if you give that gift. Absolutely. And maybe something in particular that someone is fond of. So, for example, if you know someone who's really a sports enthusiast, Mm -hmm. there are sports museums. So there's museums that are going to be near and far to someone. And so even if it's getting someone out of the house into the city, 
that local travel, art wh- whatever museum, that is. Yeah. Whatever it is, if you're into art, culture, sports, whatever, you have all those options. Yes. And, you know, air travel, you can never go wrong with complimenting air travel, especially for someone who is a frequent traveler, a gift card to really help out with the airfare. So if you have a $50 gift card, even if it's a $20 gift card, Mm -hmm. you can use it with the airline to buy an airline ticket. You can use it for a lounge pass. You can use it for onboard entertainment or snacks and food. So even if you're doing $10, $25, $50, it's a great gift to give. Any major MasterCard Visa American Express gift card is a great one. Another great thing you can do, you talked about a pass for a lounge. A lot of people don't know the experience of relaxing in a lounge in between flights. It is an excellent way to sit those two, three, four hours in between flights and enjoy yourself and relax. It really is. So that's a great way to do it too. You can also transfer miles. It doesn't take cash out of your pocket. Transfer miles as a gift to somebody, so an airline or a hotel. You know, if you're looking at your accounts and you're like, I have some miles, not enough to do anything directly for me, but I know someone who travels, maybe they can benefit with those extra miles, or I have a lot of miles and Mm -hmm. I'm just feeling very generous and I want to give those away. It's just going to help to that bottom line. But I want to go back to lounge passes because it's not just the airlines lounge passes. There's priority pass. There are other lounge passes that you can gift someone that's not directly linked to a particular airline, but Priority Pass is one of them, and they're global. So giving someone a one year, for example, would really benefit them. AirTags, this is becoming a necessity so that you can track your own bags. I know a lot of airlines now, if you have their app, you can log in and you can track your bags through their app. But sometimes you got to take matters into your own hands and have those either air tags or those Android bag trackers. Bag trackers. You put that inside your bag, folks, and allow you to pull up an app and you can know where your bag is. And sometimes you may be shocked where your luggage is versus where you are. Yeah, but it's also a sign of relief when you arrive at your destination and you can see that my bag made it too. My bag was on the same place. Yes. So you just stand there at the carousel with more confidence that your bag is coming. That you're not going to be wearing the same thing for a week, two weeks on a cruise somewhere. But you talked about some gift cards and things like that. Gift cards, hotels, travel, not just the credit cards, but some that are specific for a destination, an airline or a hotel. That's always a great gift, too. It really is, because it's just going to help again with that bottom line to help pay your bill, to help buy a hotel room or some of those amenities that you may have charged while you're there. So think of hotel gift cards, too. I think a lot of times we don't think about airline and hotel gift cards, but they do exist. That's a great gift, and it can be tied into a mileage program. Now, getting to the airport or getting around town is a big thing. But nationwide, no, worldwide now, we have the benefit of things like Uber and Lyft. I've been to so many countries, South Africa, Uber is cheaper than any other way of getting around. So our Uber gift card or Uber credit is probably a great thing to have, too. It really is. And that's so easy to do. You don't even have to give a paper one. You can just shoot it to the person's account, Mm -hmm. which is a really great gift to have, especially if you know they're going to be traveling for the holidays or soon after. A discounted or free trip to and from the airport is always something great to have. Now, if you're one of these people that likes to be inspired about places to go in the future, there's a number of great magazine subscriptions you can give them, right? 
Yeah, the top three that I really love and that I subscribe to myself, and I do have to just put out a disclaimer here. This is not a sponsored show. So this list was really curated from our personal experiences and desires, not from any monetized Enumeration. Uh, focus. Yeah, but exactly. if you guys want to send us something, it <laughs> will not be turned down. It is the time, time of, of giving. the year. That's it's right. The time of giving, yes. The gift of giving. So anyway, my favorite three and the ones that I subscribe to are Travel and Leisure, Condé Nast Traveler, and National Geographic. Now, National Geographic, they have a magazine, but I recently had someone on to talk about their newest book, Best of the World, 1,000 Destinations of oh, a Lifetime. It is a beautiful book, and it's one of those timeless ones that makes a great coffee table book, but Ideal. it is a beautiful, beautiful book. So if you have those couch travelers, what do they call them? Couch travelers. That's right. That's a great book to give someone, or maybe someone who has traveled the world, and maybe they're at a time period where they can't travel anymore. They're not traveling as much anymore. And that book allows you to look back. But it's also great. It's a generational book. It's for that next generation that hasn't traveled yet. They can have it. It's the coffee table books we all grew up with that inspired us, National Geographic magazine. And they're the best ones. And this best of the world, 1,000 Destinations of a Lifetime is great. Let's talk about some of your all-time favorite gifts to give and receive, Jamal. Yes, my all-time favorite travel items to have, and they make great gifts uh, on the list. Some can be stocking stuffers, and some can be big purchase items, and some are both, but these are my all-time favorites, the things that I have to have when I'm traveling. One, my neck pillow. It doesn't matter which cabin I'm traveling in. I like to have my own neck pillow. It just gives you that extra support because, you know, the pillows that they give you, even in business or first class cabins, are small and they don't always give you the support that you need. So a neck pillow is really going to help with that. Just kind of check them all out. I'm not, as I said, endorsing any one over the other. I do, however, like the one with the micro beads. But they have some newer designs out now that are a bit smaller and they close because one of the things with the ones that don't close is they can spin around sometimes. But I do like the micro beads because they're a lot smaller and a little bit more flexible. They're not so hard. A portable speaker. I use my portable speaker recently on a trip that I just did to Belize. The hotel did not have television in the room. So thank goodness for my laptop and my Netflix account. <laughs> so that's another good gift to give someone Netflix account. But anyway, my computer speaker wasn't really that loud. So I hooked up my Bluetooth portable speaker and I had kind of big television sound with it. So it's a great tool to have. Or if you just want to listen to your music in your room and you don't want to plug in your earbuds. Waterproof cell phone case. They will always come in handy. Mm -hmm. And I keep one in my luggage. And the reason I keep it in my luggage is so that I can always find it. Because that's one of those items that when you need it, you can never find it. So I keep it in my luggage and take it with me, whatever. Any other things on this list, Gene, that resonate with you? The electronic ones, like the portable chargers and adapters. I think that's a gift you can give. Everybody's always losing them. And of course, the USB universal, the adapter with the USB port so you can plug in multiple things. I took pictures of the only hotel I was at that ever had enough USB ports next to the bed so you could plug in your phone and everything right next to you. Or USB ports at all. Mm -hmm. Again, the recent hotel where I stayed, 
actually we stayed in two and neither of them had USB ports. And it's not age. Some of the new ones don't have. Right. They had outlets, but again, one outlet next to the bed or maybe not, but having that universal adapter. Mm -hmm. And even in Belize, they use US plugs, outlets. So I didn't need an adapter for the plug. So the universal adapter will have a US plug to it. Yes. But I have the one with four USB ports and I was able to plug in my laptop. That's right. My cell phone charger. That's right. And my smartwatch charger. And the other reason I like it mm-hmm. is that everything is in one receptacle. So when I'm ready to go, I unplug it and I have all my cables with me. Yeah, you don't leave anything behind because you got them plugged into the bathroom or everything like that. A lot of other things that are very useful. Luggage scale. A lot of people don't think about it, but a portable electronic or even a analog luggage scale that you can travel with, because it's nothing worse than getting to the airport and having to unpack because you're over by five pounds. And it's always that person. In front of you. Right. And then they're checking in and then they're unpacking their luggage right there in front of you. So don't be that person. Yeah. Have a luggage scale with you so that you know before you leave the hotel, if you need to move some things around. Hey, you just came back from Belize. A thing that I know you were happy to have is shoe bags because your shoes were getting messed up going through the jungle and luggage bags. And I think that's a great gift for anybody. It can come in a set of shoe bag, luggage bags, dirty clothes bag, everything like that. Shoe bags are a must. Just think about what you're doing in your shoes. You're walking around. You're walking around. And it's it's, and it's not just if you're walking around in a muddy area or a trail or hiking. Just the city streets are probably filthier than a hike in the woods. Walking around the city streets is probably a lot worse. Yeah. So you don't streets. want the soles of your shoes touching your clothes and no. your other things. So I have multiple shoe bags because you travel with multiple shoes. And in this case, I have a plastic one that I travel using my water shoes. Mm -hmm. So yes, shoe bags are a great gift. And so is a laundry bag. Laundry bag. Again, you don't want your dirty clothes mingling with your clean clothes. And it helps you sort through. So when you get back, you know what you need to wash versus the things that didn't need to be washed or whatever. So you can have them in there. Some of the things that we travel, we have at home that we don't think about. A lot of hotels don't have irons and ironing boards. So a steamer is a great one. A steamer more than a heat element version that singes your clothes. One that you can just steam and they come in such great sizes now. They're great to have. And that's a piece of electronics I'd like to have with me. You know, we used to travel with a steamer Mm -hmm. decades ago. We stopped because hotels had irons and we would just send things out to be pressed. Well, now it's getting expensive to send things out to be pressed. They're charging you almost as much as if you were having it dry cleaned or laundered and waiting for the one or two irons they have in the entire hotel. And if you're traveling with a group, better believe that a lot of the group is going to ask for that iron as soon as they get there. So there are a whole list of small portable steamers that all you need is water and some electricity and you're good to go. Yeah. Also keeping in mind with that, you're traveling with your toothbrush, make sure you have a good toothbrush cover. But if you'd like to use an electric toothbrush, they have travel versions of that and water pick and combo versions that you can give as a gift. And it's an excellent gift for a traveler, especially those people who are going to be gone for a good amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. Practice your enemy. A gift you gave me that I didn't know I needed, then I can't travel without it anymore. 
And that is the cooling device that goes around your neck. Oh, yes. Portable air conditioner. Yes. Especially when you're in very hot climates. It's just extremely comfortable. I always saw people with it and said, I don't need that. (laughs) Then I used it once. Mm -hmm. It's like... Where have you been all my life? <laughs> so thank you for that. And yes, put it on your list. Yeah. And, there, you know, a number of other things that fall in that same list, like for a lot of the ladies, a silk pillowcase cover or a pillowcase cover, period, on there. That's where you're putting your head. But a comfortable one makes more sense. Now, don't be these people I see on the airplane traveling with pillows. Please (laughs) get the neck brace. But the pillowcase cover, that's a nice gift, too. Well, it is because you might have some allergies to the detergents that a hotel may use or if they're using feathers. Mm -hmm. And it's a great way to protect your hair. And with that being said, they have some other items that you can buy to just kind of help make your travels more luxurious, like skincare. If you know someone who travels a lot and you know they have a lot of things, try to pick their brain a little bit about, you know, what kind of skincare products do you use and then get them the travel size. Travel they'll size. never say no to that and Nobody they'll always will. love it. Make sure your travel partner has global entry mm-hmm. because you're going to be through and on the other side and they're still stuck in that line. So global entry membership great gift. is a great gift. More and more resorts are going sustainable and they're not giving the water bottles in your room or they're giving you one big bottle or they're giving you water stations. So a really nice water bottle that you can travel with through the airport and at your hotel where you can just refill it. That's right. And try to stay away from the plastic version. I know that's the most convenient and lightweight, but you're adding to the issue. If you can get the metal ones, they're easier to clean and maintain. And you can fill them up at the airport and all the destinations around. You don't want to be drinking tap water when you're out of the element that you're used to. It's not that it may not be clean. Your body just may not be used to it. So you want to have a water bottle so that you can fill up bottled water wherever you go. Yeah. And a great gift, resistance bands. Exercise. Yes. And the thing about resistance bands is they pack so light. Yeah, they do. There are so many different types. The ones that go around your legs, your ankles, there's so many different exercises and things you can do with them. But it is a portable gym and it's a lot easier to travel with. And the resistance really does make a difference like you're traveling with weights, like Mm. you're exercising with weights. Just when you can't get to the gym. Yes. So that is my favorite items, my favorite travel things that over the years I have traveled with, I love traveling with, and most of them on that list I cannot do without. I want to talk about those luxury items that's Mm -hmm. just going to raise your travel experience up a notch. And again, a great gift item to give a frequent traveler that you think they already have enough. One, the silk or cashmere travel set. That just gives you extra luxury on board an aircraft or even while they're at their hotel. A silk or cashmere travel set that's typically going to include an eye mask, a blanket, maybe some slippers, anything like that that's really just going to add some luxury. And if you really want to add it, we talked about this with the pillowcase, the silk sack which allow you to have your own personal bed cover that's in there. You're not traveling with a set of sheets, but at least your own personal space will be covered. 
This also can be used even on the plane seat to make your plane seat more comfortable when you're traveling back and forth. Too. Yeah, And depending on how much you want to spend, just travel bags, luggage, whether you're doing accessory pieces or a whole luggage set, you can really kind of tell if somebody needs a piece of luggage. <laughs> you can whether tell it's, when you see them at the airport. This yeah. Oh, whoa. How long have you had that one? There? Right. But a carry-on bag always goes a, a, a long way. A good quality carry-on bag comes in. And Javon and I saw an interesting thing today. When you get rid of your old luggage, don't throw it away. Don't drop it over at Goodwill. Take it to the foster service area because a lot of foster home kids don't have luggage and they're taking their things from place to place. Never throw away your luggage. Clean it up and take it to foster care or to a homeless shelter. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that because I'm in need of new luggage. No, you're not. I am. I really am. Like I have a handle that sticks. I have to jiggle it. To get it. But we, it's my favorite luggage, so I'm we literally still have on. the first luggage we ever got 40 <laughs> years ago, and it was personally used by the gorilla in the Samsonite commercial. Yeah. And I am not lying to you; we still have that luggage somewhere, uh, somewhere. So yes, we're going to be making some donations. Some items we've already talked about, like the headphones. If you want to add some luxury to someone's travel experience, get them a really nice pair and. Also, lounge passes. We talked about lounge passes, but I'm telling you, if you want to add some luxury to someone's travel, get them a lounge pass. Yeah, and a lot of them do come with credit cards, but as Jermon mentioned, Priority Pass, as it spells, as it sounds, you can get a year membership for a person, and you drop 25 to $50 every time you try to go to a lounge. And a lot of people who consume alcohol will spend that much sitting in the bar. That priority pass will cost you less than $100 for an annual membership. And even if it is more, if they're traveling a lot, it's well worth it. It's a great gift. And there are some one-time passes that you can get, too, that aren't as expensive. Some gadgets. I went to the Internet to look up some of the hot new gadgets that are out there. One is the photo stick. It's the Omni photo stick that you can connect to your smartphone to back up your photos and videos. I think that's excellent. Then there's the seven in one charger. I thought about you. I love this one. This is a great one. I've seen this before. I immediately thought of you with this. It is not just a phone charger. It can actually save your life. It's seven in one safety device. It's got a razor sharp cutter. So you can cut that seat belt if you get locked in on an amateur. It's got the steel tip for breaking the window. A lot of you have seen these things in combination in here. It's got the quick charger, which you want. It's a power bank. It's going to give you that extra power when your phone is dead. You can plug in and charge up. It's got an LED flashlight built into it. It's got an SOS beacon so that you can flash a light if you're out there in these emergencies. But you know what? That's why it's called a life-saving 7-in-1. It's that all these things that you wouldn't think of doing. A long-range siren for scaring away intruders, but also for letting people know where you are if you're out there hiking or camping and the strobe can't be seen. And it's just a perfect gift for driver safety, for touring, for hiking, for everything. Yeah, it's called React. It's called React. (laughs) Seven-in-one phone charger. We are always traveling with our toothbrush. It's portable. But how often are we really cleaning it? So this gadget I really love. It's 360 UV sterilizing technology. It's called Grab Brill, and it kills the bacteria on your toothbrush. Especially when you're leaving it in a hotel and it's uncovered. 
Even if you're putting it away, you're traveling. It's an excellent gift. It really is. And this one, Jean always says to me, didn't you just buy one of those? So I do have a tripod that's also a selfie stick for my phone, and it has a remote to it. But this particular gadget holder, it's an all-in-one gadget holder. I love it. It looks like an octopus, but it sticks with suction on things. Mm -hmm. And it's called the tentacle, like, yeah, octopus tentacles. It's because it really does look like that. It's very flexible and it's sturdy enough for your phone, a camera, tablet, or anything like that. And so hands-free if you're driving or even if you just need to prop up something at a hotel. So many times I don't want to work at the desk. I want to work in my bed. So it really helps. But I absolutely love that. It's a lot of fun. I really like seeing the commercial. Nice gift. Really is. Well, Gene, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Oh, we cannot forget the number one. The best gift for everybody on your list. Write this down. Go ahead, Javon. The Traveling While Black Travel Gear. Yes, the Traveling While Black Travel Gear. Go to travelingwhileblack.com. Get your teas, long sleeve teas, fanny, a water bottle, and some baseball caps. That's right. Yes. Travelingwildblack.com. Join us. Be stylish. (laughs) The best gift ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I come back, I've got the culture report. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you head on over to the website. It's TravelingCulturati.com. And while you're there, don't forget to join the Travel Club and make sure you follow us on social media. I want you to share what you're doing as well. I love to see how the Culturati are traveling and experiencing the world. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born of the arts, music, food, and sometimes politics and strife. This is the Culture Report. And joining me today is Nicole Brewer, an expat English teacher, travel blogger, author, and freelance writer, and a lover of travel. Well, hello, Nicole, and welcome to Traveling Culturati. Hello, Javon. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. I love having a conversation with anyone who loves to travel (laughs) and explore the world, you know? Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So expat English language teacher, were you an English teacher in the U.S. before you started teaching abroad? You know, actually, I was not. Ironically enough, I did not start teaching English until I moved out of the country. I had a couple of girlfriends who actually taught ESL English as a second language in Japan. And I visited them before I actually decided to move abroad. But I used to work in market research, actually, before I left the country. And I was laid off from my job back in 2008, some time ago. (laughs) And so I actually left the country during the last recession that we had in 2009. And I've been gone ever since teaching English. (laughs) Oh, wow. So what was the catalyst to say, you know what, I'm going to remain abroad? (laughs) 
Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, honestly, when I left, I only, in my mind at that time, I thought maybe I would go for a year or two and then come back, quote unquote, when the economy got better. And I just love being out of the country. <laughs> you know, it just afforded me so many incredible opportunities to see the world and just the adventurer in me. I fell in love with being an expat. So I just kept renewing my contract to stay abroad. I, I first started in South Korea and I was there for three years. And then from Korea, I moved to the Middle East here in Oman, where I'm currently living. Ah, okay, Oman. Well, mm -hmm. very interesting place. And I want to get into that a yes. little bit more, but I do want to talk about the things that you've published, and one of which is a guide to landing an English teaching job abroad. So how did all of that come about? I know you gave us a little bit of what you were doing in it before then. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the thing about it was I was always intrigued with the idea of living abroad, you know, maybe for a couple of years, like I was saying before, because I had had a few girlfriends who had done it. You know, they were all teaching in Japan at the time when I went to visit them over a decade ago. So I was curious about the opportunity to do it. And so, like, honestly, when it was almost like the economy forced my hand when I was having a difficult time finding a job back home. I looked into the opportunity and at that point, moving to South Korea as a, a new expat English teacher, at that time, long, long ago, that you only needed to have a four-year degree in order to teach in parts of like Southeast Asia. And so I said, okay, I can do this. This would be an interesting opportunity. But when I got there, I actually ended up teaching English as a foreign language certification. And so after being abroad for so many years, so many people would ask me questions about like, how did you get into this lifestyle? And how can I get into this lifestyle? So as a blogger, I said, I wrote a little bit about it in my blog, but I said, let me just go ahead and write a book. So so many people are asking me a question about it. And then it just went from there. <laughs> You also published an ABC guide to children's games around the globe. And I think certainly that children, if they can get that kind of exposure to travel at a young age, I think it changes them forever. So what was the inspiration behind the ABC guide to children's games around the globe? It was exactly that. Like you said, being an educator, when I was in Korea, I worked in primary education for a few years and then moving to the Middle East, I worked on a university level. But writing the ABC Guide to Children's Games Around the Globe, I was really inspired by my nephews. Like if you actually take a look at the cover, you see two little black boys, you know, with games up in the air and they're sitting on the world. Like as a teacher, I've been living abroad, you know, for over a decade and I go home and I see them once a year in the summer. And they're always like, oh, auntie, you're getting ready to go back to the desert where the camels are. And they're always just so excited because they're like, you know, one day maybe I can come visit you. And so like they were my inspiration because I was like, they are familiar with me because I'm their auntie. But I was like, I want to put this out there for other youth like my nephews so that they can be inspired to hopefully, you know, first just learning about the different games and the different cultures and, you know, in the future, inspiring them to want to see the world themselves. So that's where the idea really came from. So how was that selection process of which games around the globe gave you that inspiration and then also choosing which ones to really share? Well, yeah, that's a great question. You know, honestly, like some of the countries that I feature were countries that I have traveled to and obviously live in, like as for South Korea, I taught in South Korea, O is for Oman. Oman is the only country that begins with the letter O. So unfortunately, I have experience here, but just doing my research and looking up different games, I was intrigued by what I was able to find for various countries. So, you know, some of it was inspiration countries I've traveled to and others were inspiration countries I would hope to be able to go to in the future. So. Did you find that there were similarities with games that we play here? Yes. You know, it's, it's quite interesting because like 
last summer when I came home to the States, that's actually when it was published and I gifted a copy to my nephews. I actually did a reading at their school in Atlanta. And it was so interesting because, you know, there was some little diverse kids. One was from Ghana and one was from Nigeria and another, you know, had Hispanic background. And one little girl was like, you know, reading one of the games and she was like, oh, my family, we play that game. And it was just like so amazing to be like, wow, okay. <laughs> like sitting in my nephew's school. And like, so they were so excited when I was doing the reading to see some of the games that they were actually even familiar with. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. But you've traveled extensively as well. And you said you're currently in Oman. How is it mm-hmm. being in places where there are big cultural differences? Oh, yeah, that, that definitely, um, I can't say that it doesn't come up without its challenges. But, you know, I thrive, like I really enjoy immersing myself in cultures of different places. So, you know, I was intrigued with coming to the Middle East after living in Korea. I, I said there's definitely not much more of a shift that I can have <laughs> leaving from like Southeast Asia to coming to the Middle East and after living, you know, being from the States. And so it definitely took some time to adjust to the culture. But I mean, I've been loving it. Like, honestly, there's so much respect for Teachers in particular, you know, especially by being American and just my lived experience that I've had living here, like it's been a great experience. So I'm very grateful for it. What would you provide as a tip, if you will, for someone in handling a different culture, especially one that's going to have stark contrast to your own? Mm, Definitely just come into it with an open mind. Like I definitely say, you know, expat like living abroad is not easy. And I definitely say it's not for the pain of heart. So it's like, if you are interested in immersing yourself in a culture different than your own, then you just have to be open to learning, you know, and respecting the culture that you are going to be immersing yourself in. I definitely did my research before coming and use social media to like do research and find out about the community before moving here. So you definitely just have to have an open mind when you're ready to live this type of experience. Do you see yourself returning anytime soon? I don't mean just for a visit, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, that's a great question. You know, I get that a lot. The thing about it, I love being abroad. Like, honestly, I can see myself retiring, not necessarily in Oman, but in another country. So like, I don't see it in my near future, but I always say like, you never know what the future holds. There's a reason that I need to come back, you know, be it for family, or what have you, I would definitely be open to it. But in my heart of hearts, I want to continue being an expat for as long as I can. So, <laughs> Well, it certainly lends itself to a lot of adventure. And if you're one that likes to experience constant change, but how do you gain some stability in being an expat and living mm-hmm. abroad? Ah, yeah, that is a very great question. Um, You know, for me, like, I've been in Oman for a decade, actually. It's mind-boggling when I think about it. I do the math. You know, I never thought that I would stay in one country for that long. (laughs) But, you know, it's lent itself an excellent lifestyle. And make sure that I found a community where I am. You know, I'm grateful that I have other, like, expat teacher friends. And not even only teacher friends, but, you know, you come across other people who are living this life, like engineers and medical professionals and things like that. And so trying to stay proactive and like building my community so that I can keep my sanity. (laughs) You know, having that community is so imperative to be able to maintain this type of lifestyle because it's a transient, like after a few years, some people come, some people go. I remain a constant for many. So just making sure that I have a community of people 
something, you know, and then vice versa. I would say there's always an element of culture shock. And maybe it's not always so shocking when you're experiencing different cultures. But I think one of the things that interests me is how people respond to Americans, because I think our culture, it can be very deceiving and kind of a look, but don't touch. Do you get a lot of questions about American culture or people saying that you or what you're presenting isn't what they thought it would be as an American? Oh, yes, absolutely. That's such a great question. You know, like you said, it's people have this stigma, this idea of an American based on what they see in the media, what they see on television. And then when they meet me and they're just like, oh, you know, you're pretty laid back and you're just so cool. And, you know, it's not necessarily I'm what they would expect in meeting an American, but they're always like so appreciative. And one thing I do love about Omani is like, I don't drive, like I take a lot of taxis here. So when I get on the taxi and they'd say, oh, where are you from? And they hear my accent. I say, oh, America, you, they say, oh, USA, Obama, Obama, we miss Obama. Like, you know, like they, when, <laughs> when they hear America, they see a black American, they're just like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Like you're from Obama, you know, the same place Obama. So they're my automatic goals to politics. They're like, oh yeah, we miss Obama. You know, in the Trump years of me being here, we're just like, <laughs> I would get so many different impressions of like, oh, the American. But after having a conversation with me, they're like, okay, you know, I get it. <laughs> you know, they yeah. will always ask me like my opinion of their country. Like, what do you think of all mine? I'm like, I love it. They're smiling and their chest, like you can see them getting big, like so excited. Like, okay, the American, she likes our country, you know? <laughs> so it's quite an experience, honestly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. If anyone wants to purchase any of the books that you've published or follow you, how can they do that? Follow me on my social media pages. I have a blog called I Love to Glow Trot. It's an interesting spelling. It's I-L-U-V, the number two, and then glowtrot.com. So they can actually access my books that are available on different places like Amazon and BookBaby through my blog or on my social media pages, Nicole.ILoveToGlowTrot on Instagram and TikTok, and I Love to Glow Trot on Twitter and Facebook. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen.